This is the JWN Podcast. Kate Ritchie is a mixed media artist who is constantly exploring new ways to create. She's explored many different forms of art throughout her career and has become known lately for her collage-based artwork that explores the ideas of nature and sacred geometry. She has such a positive and outgoing personality that I couldn't wait to get a chance to sit down and talk with her about art. So I'm confident that you too will be smiling at some point during my conversation with Kate Ritchie. We're rolling. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you. I, I definitely get and, and understand your style of art. Okay. But I didn't know it was. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I, um, what do you it, mean? Well, and, and then doing some research on you, it became obvious to me that you are, that we have a similar quality in that, that you wanted to take every art class available to you yes. when you were in school. <laughs> yes. So I did that in high school. And, unfo- okay. and unfortunately, my school was so small that by sophomore year, I was done. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, yeah, <laughs> luckily you went on to college. You had a much bigger um, well to, to, to yeah. tap from. And uh, tell me about like where, tell me, let's, let's, let's uh, explain real quickly where you are right now with your artwork. Cause I think it's great. Thank you so much. Um, I'm still kind of all over the place. Um, I would say I primarily focus on mixed media collage. Um, but I also dabble in printmaking, a few different kinds of printmaking and painting. But mixed media collage is like my one true love, probably. Yeah, and it, there's a there's like a, a there's an abstract nature to it. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and within your painting as well as your mm-hmm. your, your collages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm very drawn to pattern mm-hmm. and bright colors and abstract forms, and you can see that in all the different media I create with so. right and, and and to a certain degree there's a there's there's intention like I yes. think I think there's a lot of when people don't when they see some sort of abstract art in any of its forms even in performance art they see something abstract and they're like well I could do that mm-hmm. like yeah but you didn't right and- <laughs> you didn't and could you could you actually are you right sure? <laughs> and and the 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 idea is that you are in fact conveying something whether it's an emotion or feeling mm-hmm. of some sort mm-hmm. or if you're you're using color shape composition um contrast all of these different elements all of the elements texture right right to to convey something that there's just not words for. Right. It's like, right. it's in you and you're getting it out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I definitely draw inspiration from sacred geometry and tarot cards. You can see a lot of um, imagery or like nods to tarot. Um, I incorporate the symbol of the archway in a lot oh. of my art. Um, and... Yeah, so I would say my art is actually pretty spiritual. Um, really? Yes. Okay, so let's, let's talk about the <laughs> sacred geometry yeah. for a second. Look, what does it mean to you? Because what it means to me, 
I see it as just like geometrical patterns that mm-hmm. people kind mm-hmm. of, it's almost like artistic conspiracy theory to me. Ooh, okay. That's kind of cool. Because <laughs> when you start to see like patterns in, in like in, in life, right, right. Right. And you start looking at geometrical patterns and stuff. And then you start like saying, well, this one's like this one and this one is different, mm-hmm. but they follow mm-hmm. the same thing. The, like it's yeah. almost like the six degrees of separation between two completely separate things that exist in na- nature oh, yeah, based like on uh-huh. like geometrical patterns. Yes. I like that perspective. I mean, to me, sacred geometry is so fascinating because it kind of, it shows that there's like a divine, um, like map work to everything that occurs in nature. Um, so that's why I think it's really beautiful because it shows that we're all connected and there is, there's like a logic to it. That's really interesting and fascinating to me. And you can see the patterns recurring in, you know, plants or in the ripples in the water or tree bark, you know, things like that. Um, and it's, it's unifying to me. Um, and yeah, it says that there is like a higher, power that kind of that created all of this there's there's like a thought process that went into it which is yeah. really fascinating <laughs> yeah like a well i mean not so much well i shouldn't say not so much uh kind of the idea of like an intelligent design yes yes absolutely my uh my hang up in those in those terms is is it design or are we part of the intelligence so it's kind of the idea is like, is is there a separate entity designing this mm-hmm. or are we part of the entity and we just don't know it? Kind of like your fingernail uh-huh. doesn't know it's part of your body. I think it's both. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that, cra- isn't that yeah. great? Like, I think we are all part of this like bigger organism that is the universe. I feel like I need to have like psychedelic music playing under, <laughs> as a bed underneath it. Right. Like we've gotten into like the, the Scooby-Doo territory. Yeah. Like you're going to open up the studio door and smoke is going to come Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. But um, yeah, no, no, no. I love this. Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's, uh, I, I, I've come to this point in my life. I'm, I'm a bit older than you. Mm-hmm. And I've come to the point in my life where I've realized that knowing that you're not that you don't know is like a superpower i think it's very humbling yeah honestly it's it's very uh, but to like ponder what if you know knowing you don't know doesn't mean you shouldn't explore and try to find out yes and that that journey of finding out i think is what makes artists so special to me right because it's like here you are creating taking things that exist like within collages it might be imagery or shapes mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. out of other things that already exist and then also taking a blank canvas or a piece of wood whatever your medium is and putting patterns on there with paint or with screen printing as you were saying yeah. and mm-hmm. printmaking yeah and then combining it all together and like and it's an exploration for you mm-hmm. it is it definitely is yeah i create the patterns using linocut block prints. So I hand carve my own stamps Uh using linoleum, which is a printmaking material. And, um, 
And that's what I use to make the patterned backgrounds. It's that is like one of my favorite parts of my creative process, I think, is stamping the patterns out because that the base layer is acrylic paint and then I stamp the patterns using paint as well mm-hmm. and then collage on top of that. So, so but the intention of creating the, the Leno cut of using that little tool and mm-hmm. scraping it, well, Which tracing is so it out. so fun. Oh my God. Uh, I love start carving. With a, I'm sorry. I just love carving into linoleum. It it's, feels it's, good. It's satisfying. <laughs> yeah. It is. But do you trace something onto it or do you just freehand it straight from? It kind from the of cut? depends. Um, I've been trying to incorporate like some more um, imagery of leaves. Uh-huh. So when I'm doing something like more literal, like a leaf, I will draw it out beforehand um, before I carve it. But a lot of the just kind of weird abstract patterns I do, I just freehand it. It's yeah. more intuitive. But then, the, but then that's just step one. And then step two is like I'm gonna put this and multiply it onto whatever you're putting your, your right. piece on yeah. and then you're going to choose Wood a panel. color, mm-hmm. uh, a color. Right. And then you're going to, you're going to choose how you're going to replicate it. Or are you going to do it geometrically? Are you going to be random? Like right. there's, there's all of these decisions that you make. Right. And, and it seems to me like there is, um, is your intention thought out beforehand or is it more of an intention of following a gut feeling? So when I first started, um, pursuing art like in a more serious professional way Mm -hmm. that was about uh, like a little over two years ago which is crazy um I I didn't really have a plan I just I feel like I had been kind of suppressing this creative energy I mean yes I I studied art in college and loved it but immediately after that I started working for an art gallery so I was like on the administrative side of things And I stopped making art for a really long time. And, um, but I left that job because I was like, I need to make art. What am I doing? Like, I'm an artist, you know? So when I first started, I didn't really have any intention at all. I was just creating for the sake Mm -hmm. of creating, um, just because it felt so good (laughs) to make art again. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So when I first started out, it was like just very intuitive, um, and I would often work on multiple pieces at once. So really? I, I, yeah. So I like to work on um, cradled birchwood panel, okay. um, because it's just easier to stamp onto, and it um, holds resin better as well, which is like the final layer of my pieces. But so what I would often do is like have four or five laid out in front of me at the same time, like all the backgrounds were painted different colors and then I would um, stamp different patterns on all of them. And then as I was creating these collages, I would just kind of, it was kind of meditative, like flip through all these different magazines, mostly National Geographic um, (laughs) because they have the best images um, and just cut things out as they jumped out at me or resonated with me. And And then it was just more intuitive just thinking about like, okay, well, like this really cool image of a cheetah looks great on this green background, you know, or like this really cool flamingo looks great on this gold background, you know, and I would just try out different compositions on different backgrounds until I ended up 
settling on the one I mm-hmm. thought looked the best. Um, yeah. So when I first started, it was it was like very chaotic and more intuitive. But one of my goals this year is to be much more intentional about the compositions and um, yeah. and the imagery I use. So yeah, that was a I, long-winded I, answer. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I like it because it, it, there's a there's a it is a a uh, and forgive me if this sounds this is not like a backhanded compliment. There's a there's a childlike yes. creativity. No, I love to, that to to your artwork. Mm-hmm, there, there's mm-hmm. like this exploration. Yeah. But it's also refined because you are trained. Right. You know what you're doing. So it's not like right. um it I'm not talking about like something like a kindergarten kindergartner would come home from school. Right. With. It's playful. It's but very it's playful. That, it's that mm-hmm. feeling like when you were a kid in school, I and I imagine if you were one of the more artistic people out there, you sit when you got to like class as a kid and it was like art class time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it was so much you look forward to it. Oh you have so much best, fun. Yeah, best time of the day was yeah. art class. <laughs> And sometimes they give you instruction and you'd listen, and sometimes they give you instruction you and you were doing right. what you want to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. As long as it was using whatever materials were in front of it, uh-huh. you, you learn pretty quickly. Like there's no like, oh, you did you did art wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. It's, it's the one like subject in school where the only way you could fail is just for not showing up. Right. <laughs> or like leaving your canvas white. You know. Yeah. But even then, you even could then, be it like, could be conceptual. <laughs> Right. I am a blank slate. <laughs> right. I am yet. This is this is my childhood. It's just a blank canvas waiting right. for everybody else. Everybody else in the room, would you like to add to my canvas and do my work for me? I mean, uh, and contribute to my piece. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I think that I take that as a compliment. I think my art is very playful and expressive, and that's because. I'm, I think my personality is like that, you know, um, I've always been a very playful and like silly person. And, um, I even dress that way a lot of the time. Like oftentimes I match my art, like wearing crazy bright colors and patterns. Um, but yeah, (laughs) I, I take that as a compliment. Um, it's fun too, because, um, Back, I think it was in 2019, pre-COVID times. Um, I was God. That's what it feels like. Um, I was, you know, doing a lot of art markets in the Charleston scene, and it was so fun connecting with kids. Kids connect with my art. Um, Yeah, you know, because people bring their kids to farmers markets or whatever, and it was so fun, like um, connecting with them through my work and. And, you know, seeing what they were drawn to. Right. Well, and it's it's definitely all art is is about connection yeah. to me. Yeah, me. absolutely. And when you you put yourself out there in such a way, like I think when you show up to a, a farmer's market, for, for instance, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you're not really expecting to see art. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And so when it kind of hits you and the person's standing right there and you're like, you know, you find yourself giving it a, a a second look and a third look, and you're like, "This is interesting." Mm-hmm, and then the person's mm-hmm. there to talk to, yeah. And, and yeah, what a what a cool uh, thing to find that like, oh, little kids are are breaking down yeah. and just talking to a, a stranger, for, with it, yeah. yeah, because they're like, "This is something I can relate to." Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Oh yeah, 
it's fun. So, so when you started doing art early on, mm-hmm. what did it look like? What were your, what were your, uh, as a kid or well, when you started to take it seriously, maybe yes. in high school or something when, when, gosh. when you got that validation, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Wow. Um, man, I feel like I've been making art my whole life. My parents mm-hmm. have always been so supportive of it, which feels amazing. Um, but I've always gone through phases of like different mediums that I like right. to work with. Um, like <laughs> in middle school, I went through a phase of like making duct tape wallets and duct tape purses and selling them to my classmates. And and then I went through a big phase of making jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while, I was really into pottery, throwing on the wheel. Um, but I would say the one, the consistent thing through everything I've made is color. Everything has been very colorful. Interesting. Like even in, in college, you know, when we were, had to take painting 101 and we were painting self-portraits, my self-portrait, yes, it looks like me to a point. Um, but the color palette was like a rainbow, basically. Um, I used a lot of different colors, um, to convey skin tones, you know? Which um, skin tones are. Which they are. They're, yeah. they're lots of colors. Yeah. I think you can tell too when people start to see the extremes of colors mm-hmm. in their artwork mm-hmm. because they will do what, like, what, like you said, they'll draw a human figure, but you'll see blues and, and reds and yeah. greens and things right. like that in something that you might not perceive that way. But if you actually pay attention, I'm it's staring there. at you right now. Yeah. I can see the reflections of things uh-huh. on your face. And while I'm not seeing your face and looking at like, oh, she's got a a green this or a blue nose or something like that. But if right. you look closely, you look at the color of the light. And you're yeah. Like, oh, it's got a blue tone. You can to see it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I've always seen art as like a way to explore. Um which is one of the reasons I didn't have a focus in college. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, they encourage that for studio art majors. You know, you focus in printmaking or you focus in photography. But for me, I just wanted to try all of it because all of it is exciting. And it's like a fun challenge, um, a fun new, it's like a fun new puzzle to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> can never really settle on one thing. But collage is fun. Mixed media collage is fun because I don't know. You can go. You can go so many directions with collage right. alone. Um, just with like, if you're cutting out literal images, or if you're making your own images with just you know like swatches of color that you find um, yeah. in a magazine or something. So the possibilities are really endless with collage, which is really appealing to me too. Yeah, and. Uh- it's it, it's definitely a, an art form that people look at and, and kind of like any art, abstract art. And they're like, I could like, again, I could do that. Right, right. And and, and I think people miss the, the yeah, yeah, anybody could do any th- type of art. Right. Or write music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's. But did you do it the way she did it? Did you right. did you make the decisions that were made there? And right. what was the point of doing it? You know, where you clearly are letting your like inner light shine through your work. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. That's uh, a it's, great compliment. <laughs> well, no, because it, it becomes quite obvious when you, just from looking through your portfolio, mm-hmm. but then also your social media presence is a lot of positive energy and a lot yeah. of positive output. Yeah. You seem like somebody who is 
just not going to be the downer at any given moment. You. You're, you're not bringing down people. <laughs> yeah, I tried. I mean, I would say I'm just naturally a, a very positive and optimistic person. So, yeah, and I'm glad think, that comes through yeah. in my work. <laughs> so when you first started uh, going on your own. Yeah. Professionally. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? How, was it Terrifying. scary? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah. I I really loved working for the art gallery. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, you know, working on the administrative side of things definitely made me a better artist. Um, I learned a lot about how to market art and how to connect with your audience and um, things like that. Um but yeah, it felt like a a huge leap of faith, like into the unknown, basically. Right. <laughs> when I decided to leave my day job to pursue this as a profession, um, I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, but I just, you know, I started out working in the spare room of my apartment and mm-hmm. just, I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to make a piece of art and I'm going to post about it on Instagram and I'm not going to have like a finished goal in mind. I'm, I'm cause you just got to start, right. you know, honestly, I think a lot of people get so hung up on like thinking about the, the end goal that they don't even start. Um, so I get ready to get ready. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I really tried to approach it in a playful way. Um, mm-hmm. just like, okay, I'm just going to create for the sake of creating and, go from there. And, um, and, you know, I always had really from day one of moving here, I always had a dream of having a studio at Redux and yeah. Oh my gosh. And so I kept like reaching out to them every few months, just being like, Hey, you know, I would really love a studio here. And, you know, a few months would pass and like, Hey, remember me? Like, here's my, here's what I'm working on, you know? And they finally, um, reached out to me and they were like, we have a studio that's open. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait to go get in there. Um, and I would say like once I got at a studio space there, I, I really felt, I really started to feel like, okay, like I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm headed in the right direction. It made you feel legit. Yeah. It yeah. made me feel legit. It was like very validating. And, you know, I immediately became connected with this local arts community and and Redux has already created a lot of opportunities for me um, just for like connecting with collectors and um, yeah so I would say like once I got my foot in the door with Redux that was like when I really felt like okay I've arrived like I'm doing this for real you know um, but well, yeah let's 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 uh, let's talk about Redux for a minute okay there, because uh I don't think I've ever really covered it on this podcast before. Oh my gosh, I love so that. let's let's give a, give me a, a brief understanding what Redux is. Oh and, my and, gosh, okay. And what it means to well, well you just kind of told us what it yeah, means to you. Yeah. But what what is Redux? So Redux Contemporary Art Center is um, it's an amazing place. They are a nonprofit organization um, downtown. They're on King Street. They're like, but like more north on King. Yeah. Um, But so they rent out studio spaces to local artists. Um, They have, I want to say, over 30 studios. Um, 
that artists are renting out of. So they have that whole element. They also offer um, art classes for kids and adults. And they have an exhibit in the front, like main gallery with um, regional artists that changes on a monthly basis. So they they just kind of cover a lot yeah. of things in the art world. But I would consider them like the main art hub in Charleston, really. Um, and they're a great resource for just um, connecting emerging and established artists to the Charleston community. It's like a great um, starting point yeah. for emerging artists. And it's just a, this giant community yes. of different types of artists. Yes. And that's the cool thing too. I mean, they have such a diverse um, group of artists in there. I mean, there's people who work with glass. Um, there are you know, more traditional painters. There are mixed media artists. Um, they have photographers in there. It's like the whole spectrum. Uh-huh. Jewelry makers. Jewelry makers. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's a really cool community to be part of. Um, and yeah, I was just thrilled when I was able to get a studio there. <laughs> when, when you started in there and, and you started to to see the, the caliber and the type of work around you, what did that, what kind of effect did that have on your actual art? Um, being as someone who's been doing this yeah, your whole life. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good question. I would say... Yeah, it was definitely very inspiring just being around all of these other creatives. And it's been nice to exchange ideas with the other artists too, just being like, okay, oh, have you heard about like this opportunity? Like maybe we should apply to that. Or um, how are you marketing your art? You know, like having it's like more of the businessy side of things. Um, right. I feel like I've I've been able to get advice from other artists around that. Um, I, I fantasize about like artists walking around there and seeing yeah. somebody in the middle of doing something and, and, and like picking up a technique or something to be like, Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I don't do it that way. Right. You yeah. know, kind of, kind of like, you know, if you're a musician and you watch another musician play something a certain way and you're like, Oh, I never would have thought to do it. That <laughs> right. Way. Like that never occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's cause art is so, uh, it's such a singular thing for, mm-hmm. for a lot of traditional art. It's mm-hmm. usually an artist in a space by themselves and, and right. they're isolated from other artists yeah. unless they're collaborating. Right. So here's the situation. Like you said, you got upwards of 30 different gallery, yeah. Uh, yeah, not yeah, galleries, yeah. Uh, studio artists, spaces. Yeah. And, 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 you know, at any point they could overlap. Yeah, that's true. Is it so, but you're saying it's more on the, on the opportunity and business side that at this point that you've kind of, yeah, I would say, um, I've exchanged some ideas around resin because resin is like a whole beast of its own. Um, but it hasn't really influenced like the art that I'm making. Right. Um, per se, but yeah, more of like just exchanging ideas of like the business side of, being an artist. <laughs> well, speaking of the Which is of helpful. that, speaking of that business side, you, yeah. you when you were working at a gallery, you got this valuable lesson that yeah. I think most artists don't get to see. Oh my gosh, that yes. side yes. of the art world. So yes. And and you decided to continue to be an artist after that, mm-hmm. which I mean, 
It's just saying a lot about whatever gallery you were working for. Yeah, so it was um, Charleston Artist Collective. They're still around. They're in um, Mount Pleasant. Um, They're beautiful, beautiful art gallery. You should go there if you get a chance. Um, But I would say working with other artists (laughs) taught me how to be a more professional artist. (laughs) Right. This is not a jab at, um, at anyone. But you well, that's know, why I brought it up. Yeah, it's because, a skill that's not really taught. Uh-huh, as much. Yeah, like you know, when you think of the stereotypical artists, they're kind of scatterbrained, not very organized, you know. And I experienced a lot of that um, working at Charleston Artist Collective. It was really hard wrangling all the artists, getting them to you know, because there um, the artists are expected to submit new work on a monthly basis, and it was just always really hard to get people to like meet their deadlines and um, to, you know, always label their work and things like that. But I, after working there, I was like, okay, I'm going to be really organized. Like, cause I know what it takes for a gallery, like an art director um, to put together a show. They're going to need all of this information from me. Like I have to make sure my art is finished and wired and, you know, I have to meet the deadlines and, um, yeah, I think I learned a lot of valuable lessons um, through that job just around like, how, yeah, like how to maintain a, a positive professional relationship with art galleries. Well, it's so I, I can <laughs> I can relate to the the attitude of a um, for lack of a better term, like an unprofessional professional right artist. <laughs> I can relate to that because I remember I mean year years ago when I was a musician mm-hmm. and that was like my life um there was nothing you could tell me about the business of music that I cared to hear about uh-huh. <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I'm saying like I yeah just, you just wanted to make music I just right. wanted to write right. perform record music that's all I cared about mm-hmm. and you told me like oh we gotta we gotta put out this thing and and here's the timing and we got the minute you started like uh, you know strategizing <laughs> I was checked out I'm like just down. <laughs> stop I don't you know at that time in my life so I, yeah. I and I remember clearly like the dread and the the um just the repulsion to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anything mixing the business with the art form i know it's like a necessary evil yeah but, <laughs> but you've been lucky enough to be exposed at an early yeah. part of your career yes to the to that so so yeah. yeah i am really grateful for that experience and i think <laughs> i mean i think it separates a lot of artists like a lot of great artists that will never ever know about Mm-hmm, or never see their mm-hmm. work because they never were able to either a align with somebody that had enough business sense to right. get their work out there or do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because in this day and age, if you're trying to make it as a professional artist, like you really, you need a website with mm-hmm. good quality images, you know, you need to know how to price your work. You need to know how to market yourself. And I know that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. Um, no. Yeah. And it's like know, a whole other skill set. <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, you obviously have been in a school environment a lot. Yes. <laughs> closer to now than I have right. been. <laughs> Are they teaching the business? They're starting to more. Um, so I I minored in arts management at College of Charleston. Mm. So they actually do have a a very good arts management 
program there. Um, and I think in my last year there, they had just introduced a senior thesis class for studio art majors where they took you through like how to write an artist statement, how to write a, um, a CV, how to hang properly hang your art, you know, things like that. Um, so I think they are trying to prepare artists more for like the business side of things. Um, but that is kind of like a newer, um, concept, I think. Well, think about it. How much, if you're going to a school and they send you out into the wild and it's like, all right, be an artist. And you're like, like, uh, I mean, I know uh, how to paint something, but (laughs) it would be in these schools, best interests to tell you how to make money and and responsibly so that you can make your, your payments on your student loan. (laughs) Exactly. That, that is the ideal situation. Well, (laughs) yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense to me, but I feel like I feel like there's a separation, especially in artists from Mm -hmm. that, from an early age, those two things just don't mix. And I don't know why, I don't know what it is, but I I know it's real Yeah, as I just explained. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think it's funny because, you you know, hindsight is always 2020 and you think like, if I had the sense now, the business sense now, Mm -hmm. and I could apply it to the old version of myself. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know where I'd be right now. Yeah. I, uh, who oh, knows what I would be doing? About, like, yeah. yeah, I don't know what my career path would have, how it would have changed if I had known all that stuff early uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. And I, uh, it's like, when do you start telling kids? Do you start telling kids when they're like opening up in that 64 color crayon box? Be like, listen now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> How are you marketing this piece? Are you going to frame it? Or right. You, like, like, no. What's the end goal? Yeah. How are you going to approach galleries? <laughs> <laughs> but but even 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 on a microscopic level, just putting the the idea that um, that there's value. Yes. To what you're doing. Yes. Because I think a lot of people undervalue their work. Yes. And and it's a tricky situation because you don't want to overvalue mm-hmm. early on, but you also don't want to. St- be stuck in a trap where you can't get out of that right uh, situation of being undervalued. I know that is, it is really tough um, figuring out how to price your work. Um, I think it's important to like know your audience as mm-hmm. well, um, which it takes a while to even establish your audience, I would say. But I like to err on the side of like starting a little bit lower on the price point and then, you know, working your way up as you build a, a larger audience and um, and maybe have uh, you've established yourself a little bit more right. in the art world. <laughs> well, it feels like there are some people out there now who, and this is not any fault of them. Uh, um, this is not an accusatory thing, but people who who are very good at get, gaining a following, yeah, mm-hmm. and then they can turn around, and now they've got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They've got uh, people who are going to buy whatever they put out there. So you can put out something, whatever it may be, if you have X amount of followers Mm -hmm. that are actual like loyal followers. Right. And they will consume it. It is really interesting. I know Instagram is like a puzzle. (laughs) It's so crazy. I feel like it's a really awesome tool for marketing art because it is, you know, naturally like a very visual social media Mm -hmm. platform. Um, 
But it's co- it's like the algorithm is constantly changing or whatever. Like, what does oh, that yeah. even mean? People, I don't know. People I don't always even know try to stay one step ahead of uh, the algorithm. I know. And so, and like now reels are a thing. And I'm like, okay, I guess I need to make a reel. <laughs> like trying to figure out how to stay <laughs> on top of it. Yeah. Um, you get that sigh of fresh air like, oh, uh, well, I guess if I do the reels, that means I don't have to learn how to use TikTok. <laughs> right? I'm like avoiding TikTok. I just really, I refuse to get a TikTok. But um, Reels is like the next best thing, I guess. Well, it, there's there's <laughs> this stress about social media in general because it's like, is it too late to even become profitable on any of these current platforms? Or right. do you have to be like, do you have to dive headfirst into whatever the new thing, the new platform, like right now Clubhouse yeah. is blowing up. I don't even know what that is. Exactly. What, what even is that? And that's an audio platform. It's almost okay. like, it's almost like a Zoom meeting that's like open to anyone Weird. with just audio. So you will have like people will create a room, uh-huh. and then you can have as many people want to join the room just to listen to a conversation, and oh. then whoever created it can like invite people on stage okay. and let them talk and have a discussion. So it's almost like if we had a podcast you know, uh-huh. with an internet audience yeah. listening. And commenting. Oh, weird. And, and sometimes being pulled up on stage and, and involved into the conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting concept. And I, I I can't wait to see what the name of like Instagram's version or Facebook's oh version when they steal it. Right. <laughs> but because they will. Of course they will. <laughs> uh, because it's, you know, anything that gains a little bit of popularity. They're right. like, they're oh, like, we're either going to buy I'm it buy it. or steal it. <laughs> yeah. But to that that stress of yes, trying to get I into know. the new thing and get ahead it's of the curve because you're like, well, if I get into this new thing early enough and I can establish myself, then then maybe I can ride the wave and become, right. you know, you have like one of the pioneers. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I, I saw it popped up on my TV yesterday, the Periscope app. Do oh my gosh, remember I remember Periscope? Periscope. I never used it, but it I remember feels it. like ten years ago. Yeah. And it was hot. That. It was hot for a second. Uh huh. The yeah. short form videos, which right. kind of like led into, I guess, into Snapchat. Kind yeah. of took over yeah. that th- uh-huh. thunder, and then Instagram just destroyed Snapchat. Right. And well, Vines was a thing too. Oh my gosh! Remember Vines? <laughs> seems so. Long but ago. do you see how how stressful this <laughs> yes. is? Like you have like to be on changing. top of these things. But there are people that like made a living. In that short period that vines were a thing, I know there were people who became like vine famous, I like know. vine stars. That's so weird. And so they had Such to ride concept. that, and they had to carry it over to a different platform and convince all their like, "Hey, right. come follow me on this other thing now, because right. this one no one's coming to anymore." Right. I know, but like as an artist, that's so tricky because I'm like, what? What can I share? <laughs> well, I think the first thing you said, though, the most important thing is having your own website. It's having something yes. you control. Yes. Because have all of your these- own website. Yes. All of these platforms, they seem to come and go. They I do. mean, Facebook mm-hmm. has been around for a while, but I, I know. Facebook just feels like Reddit now. It's just like people having passive aggressive arguments and sharing memes, basically. And that's like it. <laughs> At least that's my Facebook feed. I don't know. <laughs> Facebook to me seems seems like like old school Thanksgiving when you'd go back to the town you grew up in and all the people that you went to school with are there. And all of people you don't want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go out to a bar like the night before Thanksgiving and it's like every high school person you never want to see again and they are there. And, and they're having political arguments. Yeah. And you find out people. that they like the most awful things and you're like, of course you do. Course <laughs> you were do. a dick then. Now I know right? why. Uh, I know. Yeah, that's so <laughs> annoying. 
Yeah. But for Instagram, I'm like, okay, the main things I like to post are obviously images of my work, but also I'm trying to do like more behind the scenes videos of like me creating a piece, like the actual creative process behind it. Um, Because it's interesting, like a lot of the time people see my mixed media collage pieces and they're like, what is this? Like, what is the medium? Like, how did you make this? I don't understand. Um, So the videos are just like a fun way to show people, you know, my process. Um, it's nice to see. I, I watched uh, like a time lapse of, of you that you yeah, just recently posted yeah. of, oh, cool. of you creating a collage. Uh-huh. And but it's interesting to see like the decisions and the and, and all yeah. of the the steps it takes for you to get not all of the steps but most of the steps yeah. the meat and potatoes right right um, <laughs> of the steps of you creating this piece of artwork uh-huh. and, and like watching it go from like virtually nothing to something yeah you yeah know? yeah and quickly in, the, in that term who knows how many hours that was actually <laughs> i know filmed. it's funny well that's interesting too like sometimes i'll come into the studio and in three hours i'll have completed a piece and then other days it takes me like a week to finish one and i haven't really figured out a rhyme or reason to that it's i don't know each one is different but it is funny how like some of those you just like get them immediately and you're like, oh, yes, solved it. I solved the puzzle. <laughs> so when you're creating one of these pieces, and you show up at your studio. Yeah. You're like, I'm the, 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 the light is switched on. Yeah. I'm going to go create something. I'm going to work. Yeah. What's the environment like? Do you have music playing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I really like, well, it kind of depends on my mood, but I really, if I'm trying to like really zone out. I love like weird synthy kind of music. I really like Tycho a lot, oh. if you're familiar with him. Um, so a lot of the time I'll put Tycho radio on and just like totally zone out. And then it kind of becomes like a meditative thing, like flipping through all the magazines. I have like insane amounts of magazines in my studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like flipping through magazines. If I'm looking for a specific image, which with – um this new Zodiac collage series I'm doing, I am trying to be like much more intentional with the imagery I use. So it took me like two weeks to find an image of a freaking Ram for the Aries Zodiac sign. I was like, where is it? I need a Ram. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I'll be like flipping through magazines and then I just, it's like creative chaos everywhere. There's just like magazines all over my table, all over the floor. There's like magazine clippings like in my hair, on the floor, you know, everywhere. So hold on a second. Oh, let me pause for a second. <laughs> yeah. Let me pause in the middle of this chaos. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever gotten to the point where you're like, damn it, I'm just going to Google it and print it out? No, is I have that not. A law? Is that like a rule? That's that you one have of my rules, okay. actually. Um, yeah, that's one of my rules is I, I want to organically find it. Um, which is one of the reasons I haven't made a few of the zodiac signs yet, because I'm like still searching for those damn images. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's something. It's kind of like a scavenger hunt. There's something like really satisfying about finding that perfect image, um, and then getting to incorporate it in my work. Yeah, so I refuse to print things out. <laughs> so, do you have pieces that you look at? right now in hindsight that the meaning changed like you in other words you went into it and you were like okay i'm gonna create this thing i'm feeling this emotion right now i'm feeling blue right now so i'm gonna create Uh this uh thing and then and then like 
you know, a year later, you look at that and you're like, oh, this is much deeper than what I thought. Uh-huh. Or this is this was like a, an opposite reaction than I thought or something along yeah. those lines. Well, maybe not quite that literal. I think when I was first starting to create just for the sake of creating, I didn't really realize that I was incorporating sacred geometry or imagery of tarot cards in my work until people started seeing it and saying like, oh, this this looks like like sacred geometry or, oh, wow, you're using like a lot of really cool like symbolism here. Are you inspired by tarot cards? And I'm like, I mean, I guess I was doing this on a subconscious level. <laughs> so that, that was, that's I wasn't, interesting. but now I am. Yes, right. Like, so in that sense, it's interesting to look back on my, like now that I'm aware of it. Yeah. It's interesting to look back on my earliest pieces, you know, from a couple years ago when I started doing this um, and being like, oh, duh, duh, Kate, like, of course you're doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. It's, it is cool how art can, I don't know, it like takes on a mind of its own or it's kind of like a window into your subconscious. In and sometimes like a mirror. Yeah. Sometimes you're seeing, you're, you're seeing something that other people aren't seeing. Right. And you're experiencing it on your own, you uh-huh. know, wherever you are at that time. Yeah. Which is a, a lot of the reason why I like um, certain types of abstract work mm-hmm. simply because, yeah, you, you, you might look at something and not like it. Right. And then another day you're in a, a certain way about yourself and you're like, this is exactly what I feel uh-huh, right now. Uh-huh. And then you all of a sudden have a new appreciation and you love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say there's only like one or two pieces I've made that I'm like, meh, feel kind of meh about. But most of them I love. I love all of them. Because They're your children. <laughs> what? They're your children. They are. I mean, like, they're a part of me and it's just like pure free expression and and it just makes me feel happy when I look at my work and really happy when other people like my work. Um, yeah. So so when you do you have a difficulty parting with certain pieces? Not at all. I love I that. I really don't feel attached to any of my work. It's like I get so excited when somebody resonates with it and wants to take it home. And I'm like, because it's like a little piece of my heart, you know, that mm-hmm. I get to share with them. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're going to see this every day and it's going to bring you joy. And that to me is like the whole reason I do what I do, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's it's weird coming from a musician's standpoint. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I write a piece of music, right, and, and I write, let's say I write a song, and even though I put it out there and now it's out there for anyone to interpret or take or reject however they feel yeah. about it, it it's for, at that point, it's theirs. Well, like once you put it out there, it's, it's out there. It's theirs. Right, right. But there's not like... You, I can't just give it away to to somebody and remove it from my life. In True. other words, you know it's what I'm saying? Like, like always there for everyone to with experience. a physical piece right. of artwork. You're literally taking this piece of your soul and yeah. tearing it out of yeah. your possession <laughs> right. and giving it to them. Yes, and so you're literally giving of yourself something yeah. that can't be replaced. And right. I, I I find that so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you can Thank when you, you can do that with with the feeling of happiness like yeah it brings here, me joy let me rip off this chunk of my <laughs> my flesh and give it to you 
This is part of me. Part of my soul. Yes. Um, yeah, it feels good. It feels good to me. It's like, it's just a way, it's a way to connect with people. And yeah. that, that feels good. I like connecting with other people. So that's why I like, if I you, like it when people buy it. <laughs> all right. Here, here's another, here's a tricky one. Here, okay. Here, okay. Here, here's a good one. Uh, cause I don't know where this, where this would lie within your, your rules. Mm-hmm. When is a piece actually finished? Have you ever had a piece sitting around Ooh. that you just started to like, you know what? I think I want to change this. Even though you've already done the, uh-huh. you, you, you've already finished it. Well, the thing that's interesting about the collage pieces specifically is that the final layer is resin. Right. Which makes it very permanent. And you can't change it. But, but you could <laughs> so, add another layer, right? I could. That's true. I could. I could go back. Um, I haven't ever really felt that way with my collages. Um, sometimes I feel that way with my paintings. Yeah. It is. It's like more of a feeling. It's like so... It's hard to really explain when I know a piece is finished. It's It's a feeling, really. Like when I look at it, it just feels like the puzzle has been solved. Um, but some pieces, it takes me, it takes me a while to get there. And then, like I was saying earlier, some, they just like immediately come out. I'm like, yes, it's done. Um, but I do, it's funny. I have this one really big canvas. Like I don't even really work on canvas very often, but I have this one big canvas from college actually that a college assignment was to do a self-portrait. So it's huge. It's like, I don't know, four feet by five feet or something. And I had this canvas for a really long time with like a self-portrait on it. And I just started painting over it. Like anytime I just need some freedom. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, cutting out little paper images is like very meticulous. And so every now and then I'll just like want to let loose on this canvas and I'm always painting over it. Yeah. So that's wow. like, that's one piece that never feels done because. But that's like an exercise. It is it's kind a, of, a piece yeah. of exercise equipment for you. It really is. Like anytime just, I want to get my creative juices flowing or like just loosen up or do something different from, you know, being hunched over my table, like cutting out this tiny image from a magazine. <laughs> and for people who, who you, you're listening, so you're not seeing this, but she's like, physically imitating what it's like to cut stuff, uh, you know, I'm be like hunched, hunched over. over. <laughs> but when she talked about her canvas, she opened up and she did this broad brushstroke yeah. motion with her arms. So yeah. it, it's definitely like a freeing, like, oh, I get to move my body. Uh -huh. I, get to, I get to like yes. really, you know, because yeah, you're, you're very, uh, for a lot of collage work, your your source material is never going to be small. extremely large unless yeah. you're cutting up the sides of billboards. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like most of the time seated for multiple hours and like using scissors and giving myself carpal tunnel, basically <laughs> like cutting out <laughs> these these images. But on this big canvas, it's so fun because I'll I'll have like Tycho blasting in my ears. I'm like I'm standing up. I'm dancing a lot of the time and like just throwing paint around and um and that feels really good it's just it's just like a fun way to loosen up and and do something different but i don't know if that painting will ever feel done because i'm just always painting over it <laughs> yeah well i mean and maybe that's the, maybe the point of it is it's yeah. never to be done right yeah kind of like us 
Right. We're, we're, never we're ever cooked. evolving, you know. always changing. Oh, that's so wonderful. Um, yeah. I, I, I do like this. So going forward right now, mm-hmm. what is something that you are looking forward to yes. in the art world? Consider and, and I know the obvious is like we want things to go back to normal, so I to speak. Know. But at the same time, uh, there are things to to, to be look done. forward yeah. to. Yeah. Um, well, I'm doing a solo show at Redux, so they have a no way. Yeah, they have you know their main gallery in the front, but they also have like a gallery in the middle of the building that's mm-hmm. reserved for studio artists. So I'm signed up to do a solo show for that middle gallery. It's called um, Gallery 1056 um, in September, which I'm really, really looking forward to. That seems so far away, but it's going to be here before we know it. Oh, yeah. Um, And that's what the Zodiac sign collage series is for. So I'm creating that as a whole body of work. And um, I also want to make some larger paintings to incorporate with that because the Zodiac pieces are only 10 by 10. So I want like some big statement pieces in there too, but I have not figured out what they're going to be. <laughs> I have time. Um, that, well, <laughs> I like the, the, the juxtaposition. It's coming up quicker than you think. <laughs> but and, like, and then I like don't know. five seconds later, I got time. Like I have no idea what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, so I'm really looking forward to that. It feels really exciting to have like a deadline to work towards mm. and and it's just going to be my show, which I've never had a solo show before. So that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I'm really hoping we're going to do another art festival at Tradesmen. Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, I love I've got to get them in here. because. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Because what they've been doing, they kind of stepped up at a time it's of really, need. really – yeah. It was um, – that festival was just amazing. You're, was you're like, referring to the Love of Art Festival. Yes. That was uh, kind of, I guess, uh, Chad. Yeah, Chad was, Dyer um, had the idea. And he brought me and Julie Glass, another local artist, on to help him organize yeah. it. And, and it just ended up being the most amazing day. It was like just so wonderful to connect with all the other local artists and to reconnect with the community. I mean, COVID has been so isolating for everyone, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but especially for the arts community, I would say. Um, So that event, it felt like a reunion in a lot of ways. And it felt like a divine intervention to a lot of our lives. Oh my God. The day couldn't have been more perfect. Like the weather was incredible. It was mid-December, but somehow it was 70 degrees and sunny, (laughs) which is like, what? That was so crazy. And, you know, the turnout was amazing. And so like we're still having some meetings with tradesmen around like, you know, future events we can organize with them. So I'm looking forward to um, having more of those conversations and hopefully, hopefully having another art festival. Well, um, I kind of, I I was talking to uh, Vic. Yeah. I listened to that episode. He was at that. And we were Uh talking, you know, he's looking for maybe trying to do a solo show before he moves away from Charleston. Yeah. And I was like, you got to contact tradesmen. They seem like the place to do it these days as far as, they are they have a safe 
place to do it. It feels very COVID friendly. Yeah, because they have that huge um, like parking lot space. Yeah, that that, majority of the, the brewery is experienced outdoors. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, they have a tiny little t- tasting room. But I know, re- but most of it's outside. Yeah, yeah, and part of it's covered. And then most of it is just open air. And they have been doing like smaller art markets um, on their own too, where they have like four or five local artists, I think, do pop-ups there. But I think um, it's great. I think it's great that, that one of the breweries has latched on to this community. It's about damn time. Right. <laughs> well, Support the arts, like, guys. Holy, holy City has, <laughs> yeah. has definitely supported the arts by bringing yeah. in uh, artists to do all the mural work, like Sean uh-huh. Williams yeah. and Patch Whiskey and people yeah, like that. That's really cool. But I, this is like, a, a, you know, this is just a great timing on their part yeah. to see a need and fill it. And it was, I would say the for the love of art festival was unique in that it was only like it was only artists the -hmm. vendors were only artists you know usually when you go to a market it's artisans like people who make jewelry or um coasters or more crafty things which there's nothing wrong with that here's my cbd gummies right i mean that's cool I, i like that but it was this felt so special because it was just artists. And it felt curated. It felt definitely like, yeah. like there was a certain level of artist that was represented there and it was perfect yeah. every, in every way. The intention was to have like a very diverse group of styles and, mm-hmm. you know, from like emerging to more established. And I think we successfully did that. And yeah. I hope we get to do it again. <laughs> Yeah, because it was really fun. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm. I'm ex- that day felt one. It was one of the 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 uh, the bright spots. That's how I felt. Socially, yes. Over oh my the last God. year, it was like one of those type of moments where it felt like the stars aligned. All the people I haven't been able to see. I know in a group setting in in a year. I saw so many people I hadn't seen in a long time yeah. at that event. And yeah, it really was. It was just like a magical day. <laughs> oh yeah. And I met so many I got to introduce to so many different artists. That, and that was a goal of ours too, I think, was like we really want to reconnect the the arts community with Charleston, you know. I feel like over Honestly, over the 10 years I've lived here, it seems like the underground arts community has become like more diminished. There's, um, you know, there used to be like King Dusko and Mm -hmm. Pulp and, you know, more kind of alternative artsy places downtown. But they've just all been priced out. Yeah. And it's kind of disappeared. And Purple Buffalo is still doing some really cool stuff. Definitely. Um, But it was fun to just highlight the like the emerging artists scene here because I feel like they don't really get an audience very often. Well, I f- and I feel like all of the music, arts, all of these, th- this uh, creative community of people, you know, they, they there's a lot of churn, but I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. I just mean like throughout a year, a given year, you'll have people come to their own you have people move away you have people mm-hmm. move in you'll that's have that's so true it's a very transient this, city <laughs> yeah well no but that's everywhere yeah for the most part yeah. you're you're especially in the creative community you're gonna have people coming and going mm-hmm. you're gonna have people changing and shifting and people soaring in popularity 
or whatever the situation, but it, it's it's like water. It's just flowing constantly. Right, right. And I feel like the water went stagnant yeah. for a year because no one had the, the ability to experience it in a way that we all knew. And the right. virtual way of doing things, you know. It's okay, it, it, it's, but it's not the same. <laughs> but it, and it's still very much in its infancy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not the same. There's that physical connection, which I, I think uh, to a certain degree with your art style, there's a physical connection to it because yeah. you're, you're making, you're taking other things that exist and physically manipulating them into something else. Right. But there's a physical thing. So, so even you taking a picture of one of your pieces and putting it on Instagram, it doesn't convey the same way. No, as in it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. I, I can't fully appreciate it. <laughs> it it's true. The, the, the tactile nature. I think, yeah, I think I realized that when I saw uh shepherd fairies work, Oh yeah, because you think of his work. I've got a piece of his uh-huh, from when he was uh-huh. when he was at um, the Halsey Institute yes, doing a show. I, I went to that show. I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. But <laughs> but most of us have experiences art either through pictures on the internet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or screen print. Yeah. Right? But when you go to see his actual the 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 handmade one-offs of his work yeah which will still be based with a screen print but but maybe he'll do something else with the medium completely to, yeah. to change it a lot of collage yes there's the so many layers and textures yeah you're like oh this is on like newsprint uh-huh. and then and then yeah it, and it's I all loved that show it was cool and then he has sculpture which i didn't even know he did like right. glass sculptures and right. things like that and i'm like who even knew but you, you can't experience it online properly yeah, not the like same way. when you see it in a show like that mm-hmm. where there was the f- sculpture there was the the images there was the uh he had film going of of him out and about creating right. murals and stuff like that so cool yeah and then you know but and then there was murals around the city that he got commissioned to oh do gosh, and then there's stuff he did that was not so commissioned right <laughs> because he's shepherd Fury. yeah yeah <laughs> But it was an exciting time around the show, but to experience it in person yeah. is so different than than anything you could expect. Yeah, absolutely. And I think getting to see like the whole exhibit of his, only his work has a really powerful impact too. Like you can only really experience that in person, like seeing all of his, his whole body of work, like in one place, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I feel that, that. There's that during that show that we were talking about the for love of art arts festival. Um, it was one of those feelings of like, hey, we're, we've been kind of consuming our stuff in a very singular fashion, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, here's a group of of uh artists, yeah, that are really you know, well established in their own right, and you got to experience it firsthand, yeah. And I remember walking past booths and getting something just catches my Something eye jumping and, out at you and yeah. i loved because i was just in so such a great mood i would just walk up to like somebody like you and just be like tell yeah. me about this yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's have yourself. face-to-face connection for yeah. the first time in a year <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it it's definitely a a thing that we have to look forward to i know i know more yes, of that more i of am that. thank you <laughs> yes i'm looking forward to more in-person art events for sure <laughs> Um, yeah. And creating art with more intention. I'm really excited. That's going to be a really fun challenge for me this year is to just be more intentional with, um, the imagery I incorporate in my work and, um, 
and even the color palettes. I want everything to have a deeper meaning and and more symbolism, mm-hmm. more intentional symbolism to it. Well, let me ask you a question because you you are an outwardly positive person. Yeah, and and, and you're yeah you're you are like a walking ray of smiling <laughs> oh my sunshine. Gosh, thank you. <laughs> right. Uh, and I love when you pulled up today and you're wearing this this mustard colored hat. It's and my it's just favorite hat. Bright, you know, <laughs> it, it is just like exactly. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how I would expect you to to enter a room. Like, um, have you ever um, used your art that you create to get through some sort of tough time in your life? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, art is definitely a tool for just processing emotions in general. Um, I would say, yeah, so I, I'm kind of coming out of getting over a hard breakup. Mm. Uh, probably not going to be over it for a while. <laughs> we were together for four years. That's bro- a long time. Yeah, we broke up about six months ago. Um, so still kind of new. Um, but yes, absolutely. So after... He moved out. One of the first things I did was turn to art and painted a giant mural in my apartment. Wow. Um, And it just felt so good to just channel all of that grief and sadness into this. Um, It's a a mural of a Luna moth. And um, it really resonates with me. Well, I just love the moon in general and the symbolism behind the moon. I have a moon tattoo. Um, (laughs) because to me, the moon, like, I just love how it's, it's cyclical, you know, and every full moon I view as like a fresh start and the Luna moth ties into that, um, imagery and symbolism with the moon. And it's also a symbol of like rebirth, you know, like, or just like a butterfly, a butterfly coming out is a symbol of rebirth. And so, I really wanted to paint that in my apartment to just be like, okay, you're going to, you're going to emerge from this new, you're going to emerge from this, like uh, a Luna moth, you know, and I get to see that every day. Well, um, and you also transformed the yes, space it's you transformative. shared with them. So it's, now it's, it's, it's very transformative. Past, yeah. Well, physically you've moved mm-hmm. past, like, instead of looking at a home uh, and, and, and thinking of like memories being sparked, from pre-mural. Right, right. Now you have transformed your home to something positive, yeah, something, something new. like moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say art is a very powerful tool. It it just feels so good to, like whatever emotion you're feeling, it feels mm-hmm. so good to channel it into making something physical. And even if, you know, for me, I err on the side of like positive imagery, but even if you make something that's like really scary or grotesque or hard to look at, it's still powerful because it's like a way to pro- a way to process those emotions, you know, and it's part of you. It's I think it's good to acknowledge those parts of yourself too. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I definitely love when you see something that other people might not like, might find frightening. Even, yeah, yeah. And that you're drawn to it for whatever reason. Uh-huh. And you're like, no, this is beautiful. What are you it's, talking about? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't think, grotesque. Yeah. I think dark art or imagery is really cool too. Um, because we all have light and dark, in, um, energy in us, you know? So, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered we've covered a lot, a lot of topics. Of yeah. Stuff. <laughs> what I before we kind of finish this up, sure. I, I really uh, just want to get an idea within your your world of art. Mm-hmm. If you were to actually, uh, you know, maybe on a parallel, like in a parallel existence, uh-huh. okay, a version of you took a left turn somewhere in life and went down a completely different path. Do you have a point in your life? Because I know you said, because this might not make any sense because you said you've always had this in your life as mm-hmm. long as you can remember mm-hmm. this creative output or out, outlet. Um, but is there a point in your life where things could have gone way different? Like career-wise? Career, just what you're into, uh, hanging out with the right people well. or the wrong people. Or <laughs> a relationship that maybe uh-huh. if you had pursued further, maybe have taken you to a different place. Yeah, well, that's cool to think about. Um, oh, that's interesting. I think I've always felt like pretty connected with who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a spiritual person. I've always been, I don't know, like I feel like I've always had a positive relationship with myself. Um, so I think like career-wise, I could be happy. Um, it would It would always have to be creative, but like maybe doing like, art therapy or um maybe being a chef or something i i went through a phase of like fantasizing about being a chef because i really like to cook as well yeah um but i think it would no matter what i would be do doing something creative because i've just always been a very creative person and i've always enjoyed exploring and and traveling too i love to travel Actually, you know what? I could see myself really living in Europe, honestly. <laughs> I've always had a fantasy <laughs> about living in Europe. Um, but yeah, I feel like I am where I'm supposed to be, honestly. I feel like, you know, every experience you have le- has led up to this point where you are now. Yeah. And I think I am right where I'm supposed to be. I, and and I, I'm going to be honest with you. That's a very selfish question for me to ask. Okay. <laughs> because I've taken that turn in my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel the draw of, of the, that creative spirit is always tugging at me. Mm-hmm. In, other, in other words, there's like this um, emptiness mm-hmm. that you have to fill right. creatively. Right. And even when you take those turns and you find yourself in a situation, you're like, how, you know, kind of like, um, like a, like a talking heads lyric of just like, how did I get here? This uh-huh. is not my beautiful <laughs> wife. This is not my beautiful oh, house. Yeah. Like that midlife crisis of like, right. like, wait a second, I was supposed to be this person and now yeah, I'm not. How and did, how did I get happen? here? And I, uh-huh. But, I, but I feel like, like, like that, that, that thing that's inside of, people who who communicate through creativity mm-hmm. won't let you ever rest won't let you ever be it, it'll uh-huh. still find its way so i like the way you answered it you're yeah. like no matter what i 
did, I would be doing something like this. I think so. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what I gathered from your answer. Like you, you would still be doing some degree of, of what you're doing now. Something creative. Even if it looks slightly different. Yeah. I think that's Even true. if it has a European architecture right. behind it. <laughs> Which that might still happen. I have a I fantasy can't. of like, I don't know, going abroad for six months to a year or something by myself. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's very doable. One day in a post-COVID world, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's very doable. All right. So let's talk about how people can find you. Yes. Okay. So I have a website, which is kateritchiestudio.com. Um, Richie is spelled R-I-T-C-H-I-E. People always think about the T. Um, so kateritchiestudio.com. I also have an Instagram and a Facebook, which are also Kate Richie Studio. And um, I also have a Patreon account, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, still trying to grow a following on there, but that's another fun way um, to connect with me as an artist and to support me as an artist. Um, so that is patreon.com slash Studio. <laughs> It's all about the Kate Ritchie studio. Uh, yep, all about the Kate Ritchie studio. I love it. Well, yeah. thank you so much for doing this. this Thanks has been for having awesome. me. This has been really fun. Before you get going, don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And also, you can check out more at jwnpod.com or follow me on Instagram at joelatex. That's at J-O-E-L, the number eight X. Have a great day. Peace.